Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to The Kickoff, brought to you by Tick Tick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and graffiti artist, Brendan Tuma. You guys know the deal on Mondays. I'm going to run through the injury news really, really quickly, and then I'm going to give my five biggest takeaways from my busy NFL Sunday. But first, are you entered into our October giveaway, which is a signed Kyler Murray jersey? You're listening to this on October 25th, so you got a little less than a week here to enter, and it's totally free and super easy to enter. Just leave a review for this show on Apple Podcasts or CastBox, and then go to fanspros.com slash kickoff to enter. And again, if you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, over at youtube.com slash fantasypros, that counts as three times the entries. All right, and before we get into everything Sunday, let's talk about TickPick and the season ticket packages that they're giving away worth $3,000. Again, these are season ticket packages to your favorite NFL team for next year. The drawing is going to happen as it does each and every month at the end of the month. So you still have a few days here to get in. But again, TickPick is giving away amazing, amazing five huge season ticket packages for the 2022 NFL season. They're the original no-fee ticket site. They're teaming up with Zip, the buy now, pay later provider to give away these tickets. And again, every month from now until February, they're going to do a drawing. They're going to pick one lucky winner a month for these season tickets. Again, each package valued at $3,000. Just go to tickpick.com slash pros. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash pros. All right, let's very quickly hit the big injuries from Sunday. Miles Sanders left Sunday's game against the Raiders with an ankle sprain. He's reportedly going to get an x-ray today. Now, he looked really good before departing, although admittedly it was early. And we all kind of thought, wow, this was going to be his game. So Let's just hope for the best here, but almost certainly we are looking at probably a few-week absence at this point. It looked very much like the Saquon Barkley injury. Josh Jacobs left that same game with a chest injury. Now, the early word here is that he avoided a major injury, and he's likely to be able to return in Week 9 after the Raiders have their bye next week, so that is good news. And Jacob at least still scored a touchdown before departing, so at least fantasy managers cannot be too disappointed. Patrick Mahomes left Sunday's game against the Titans after taking a vicious shot to the head. This looked really scary at the time, but he apparently passed concussion protocol, and he should already be good to go for Week 8, so that's great news to hear. Zach Wilson left the game against the Patriots with a knee injury. Now, the early word here is it sounds like it's a PCL sprain. It's going to likely cost him at least a few weeks. He could go on short-term IR, so that means it's going to be Mike White under center for the foreseeable future for the Jets, and we will talk about that in a bit. Yami Brown left his game with a knee injury. Now, he had been battling this for a while, and other than in Dynasty Leagues, he's just really not worth it holding on to at this point, regardless of what the severity of the injury turns out to be. Finally, John Smith left with a shoulder injury. There's no word on the severity of this one yet, and it was kind of unfortunate because he was pretty heavily involved before that you probably aren't and shouldn't be rostering him, but still, unfortunate news. Right, let's get to my five biggest takeaways from Sunday. The first is that the Carolina offense is seriously broken. Now, this is a game I completely misread, both from a fantasy and betting angle. The Panthers didn't just play poorly. They played like a team that didn't belong in the same field with the Giants. That's hard to do. Sam Darnold was lost 16 for 25 for 111 yards and a pick 4.4 yards per attempt. He took three sacks. He was benched late in this game with the game still in doubt, by the way. P.J. Walker, though, wasn't any good in relief. Three for 14 for 33 yards, also sacked three times. And Walker is not anything to write home about, but he's usually more confident than that. And now they're expecting to be heavily involved in the Deshaun Watson 
trade talks. Now, again, there's all the smoke about how a team will be able to play Watson the second they trade for him. I'm not necessarily expecting that. But regardless, that signifies where the Panthers are at. They know Sam Darnold is not the answer. I think fantasy managers do too. All right, so what does that all mean? Well, DJ Moore is still a must-start locked and loaded option, right? I mean, he still saw 10 targets. He got six of them, 73 yards. That doesn't kill you in fantasy. And Chuba Hubbard had a terrible day, but until Christian McCaffrey comes back, you're just starting him. But A, you don't need to consider starting anyone else. I don't want to hear about Robbie Anderson's targets trending up. It's irrelevant. And I don't want to talk about Tommy Tremble as a deep tight end sleeper or anything like that. It's more, and it's the running backs, and that's it. And B, we have to lower our rest of season outlook just a little bit for DJ Moore. Now, it's Atlanta next. Okay, fine. But Moore was ninth in my rest of season rankings for wide receivers heading into this week. He was ahead of C.D. Lamb, Terry McLaurin. And I think it's just time we have to move him down a little bit into wide receiver two range. Now, that's not anything crazy. It's not major surgery to my rankings or anything like that. But there was a time to sell high on Moore. And we probably missed it here. And yeah, when Christian McCaffrey comes back, he's fine, obviously. But also in trade talks, stop valuing McCaffrey like he's about to come back. He's not. If you think he's worth strong RB1 value right now, you are incorrect. We can save that for another podcast. Number two, Rashad Bateman has definitely arrived. We said last week with our takeaways that he looked like he would have an impact rest of season based on that first game. And this loss to the Bengals only reinforced that. Bateman is not Marquise Brown. He isn't yet playing the same snaps. He isn't yet running the same number of routes. He saw six targets compared to Bateman's 14, but he tied Bateman with 80 yards receiving, and it was pretty clear that this offense has three targets, Brown, Bateman, and Mark Andrews. And there's room enough for all three. In 2019, Lamar Jackson attempted 27 pass attempts per game. Last year, he attempted 25 passes per game. This year, more than 32 pass attempts per game. If you have a guaranteed third receiver option on this team, one that you know is the guy each and every week, that is a highly valuable commodity. It also helps that Bateman is incredibly talented and can both fight for the ball and do things after the catch. A lot of people ask that they should start him on Sunday. I usually said no. I had him in the low 40s in my rankings, but going forward, he is someone you can start each and every week. Number three, Michael Carter is an every week starter. Let's put aside everything else. If we had a running back who was clearly the top option on his team and he had gotten 13, 11, 14, 13, and 19 touches the last five weeks with two touchdowns, I mean, you'd be interested in that, right? We are in a world where a running back who might get double digit touches becoming available on the waiver wire is like the equivalent of finding a unicorn at the end of a rainbow wrapped in a gold blanket. Nick Carter is just kind of disregarded a little bit. Yeah, today's additional work was a product of a few factors. Tevin Coleman wasn't active. Zach Wilson got injured, as we said, so Mike White had to start. But I don't think any of that matters. Tags and I used to say that you can't put that genie back in the bottle when a player would perform really well and circumstances would suggest it just couldn't continue. We said it with Chase Claypool last year. That's kind of where we are with Carter. Spoiler alert, the Jets are not making the playoffs. It makes zero sense for them to give more touches to someone like Tevin Coleman at the expense of Carter. And yeah, Mike White is probably going to be starting for the foreseeable future, but that actually has two benefits. The first is that the Jets need to lean into the run game even more because that's going to be their better weapon. You need to protect him a little bit. So Carter should only see more work going forward. And the second is that whenever we watch a Jets game, we can make Breaking Bad references. You'll miss a White. Give Carter the ball more. As I've learned, you need to dig deep a little bit to find a reason to watch Jets games. 
Number four, Khalil Herbert is going to have a role going forward, even when David Montgomery returns. Full disclosure, I talked about this with Pat Fitzmorris on the Sunday Night Recap show, and he disagreed. I didn't disagree that Herbert is not only startable, but probably the only rosterable bear other than David Montgomery in the short term. That includes Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, etc. But he does think that when Montgomery returns, it's all going to be Montgomery. I disagree. I don't think you can put the genie back in the bottle with Herbert. This was a game where the Bears lost 38-3. to It was never competitive. It was over by the second quarter. And Herbert ran the ball 18 times for 100 yards against a run defense that is so strong that other teams don't even try to run the ball. He also had five targets and caught all of them for 33 yards. So the Bears, I mean, they never set out, right, to have Dave Montgomery be this one-stop shop workhorse. That happened out of necessity when Tariq Cohen went down last year. Khalil Herbert gives them someone who can compliment Montgomery when he gets back, which, by the way, probably isn't going to be till week 11 after the Bears buy, at least. So yeah, I would buy into Herbert in the short term. And I personally would buy into him in the long term too, at least to a degree. Finally, I am worried about Calvin Ridley. The targets are there for Ridley, and they have been for a while. 8, 10, 11, 13, 10. Those are fantastic numbers. You give DeAndre Hopkins those numbers, he might be the number one wide receiver. But as you surely know, it's just not manifesting itself in production for Ridley. He's topped out at 80 receiving yards in a game this season. He caught just four for 26 this weekend. Now, he did score the touchdown. That masked a poor game for sure, but still, it was ugly. And watching that game really just looked like he lacked that explosiveness that we saw last year. Again, Pat and I talked about this on the recap show. He just doesn't look like that same player right now. I don't know if he's fighting through an injury. I know he missed week five before the bye because of a personal issue, which Ian Rappaport reported yesterday was because he needed a mental health break, which, by the way, is awesome, both for Ridley being able to acknowledge that, the team giving him one, and them still being able to win that game. So I'm not sure whether Ridley has any off-the-field concerns that could be impacting his play or anything like that, but on the field, really, it just did not look like the 2020 version of him. So I've been trying to almost stubbornly hang on to my evaluation of him as a strong wide receiver too, at least, But with Kyle Pitts' emergence and Cordero Patterson clearly being a huge focal point of the Atlanta offense, it's time to drop Ridley even further. That's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget to go to TickPick.com slash pros, where TickPick and Zip have teamed up to give away five season ticket NFL packages for the 2022 season. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash pros. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. 